I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. So hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Peter Lawson and this is Dave Cribb. Ahoy hoy! Good, uh, good week to you. I was about to say good evening, but then we've established a long time ago that that means nothing to a podcast. Keep it broad. Keep it broad. Keep it broad. Good, good day to you all. Um, how has the last week been for you, please? As a brief uh, starter for 10, small talk? Better small uh, talk. Uneventful. Sure. Um... Cool. <laughs> good catch up, mate. Absolutely that's, that's good. That's all catch I have up. to. All I have to. What about you? Uh, yeah, similar. <laughs> As I asked, I, I sort of asked that question to people now. If I occasionally see them and realise I've got nothing to say in response to it, so I should just stop asking it. I guess my uh, car had its MOT. Oh, oh God, fucking hell, mate! Why are you not starting with that? Yeah, sorry. Oh, did it pass? Yeah. 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 Any any problems? Any major issues? No, it's all fine. Got yeah. warned that my tyres might need replacing in about 18 months. Okay. Oh, something to look forward to, eh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. As the world gets back to normal. Um, oh, I mean, honestly, in the, in, the, in the current age, I think my car had an MOT. That should be right at the forefront of your, uh, your small talk, Pete. So save that for okay. when you, when's the next time okay, you're going to see fine. someone else. Uh, later today. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, your mother. Yeah, seeing yeah. Martha. So there you go. When she's like, what have you been up to? MOT. She already knows about it. Oh, yeah, yeah you've already said it, so yeah, fair enough. Oh, it's been Mother's Day, hasn't it? Happy birthday to, to my mother as well. Um, in these lockdown times, you sort of have to do it remotely now. Does she listen? I don't think she listens, no. No, oh, so why are we bothering? Well, exactly. Yeah, I, let's retract <laughs> it, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Should we talk about the television sitcom Friends? I think we're better, yeah. Good episode this week, actually. I quite enjoyed this one. I've had the song from the end of it in my yeah, head sure. since I've been watching it. Have you? Yes, you were humming it just a short... Which so <laughs> was I, wasn't I? Yeah, we both we hummed both it were. at various yeah. points in the setup. Um, if you if you haven't watched this one for a while, it's... In a New York minute, ooh, everything nice. can change. I won't be singing. That's fine. It's okay, mate. I've taken one for the team. Um, as I'm sure many people are sad about, <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> Sorry for the singing. Uh, it's from George. Wait, wait. I'd say wait. George, wait. By the look of the name, yeah. Hi, George. Hi, George. Hello. I would like to nominate. I like it when people use the word nominate. It makes us seem much more official and like we have some sort yeah. of selection power. You know, 
It's just in order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to nominate the one with two parts, part two, because it has two of my favourite lines from the entire season in it, and they both make me laugh every time. Also has a cameo from George Clooney. So what more could you ask for? Thanks. Love the podcast and quiz. George, it's very timely that you should say you love the quiz, isn't it? Yes, because we're doing one this Friday. We're doing one this Friday. If you're listening to this episode in the day's... Sort of in mid March, yeah. Well, the days after it's just come out, which is March the sixteenth slash seventeenth, depending on whether you're with us on the old Patreon or not. Um, then we're doing, yeah, we're doing a quiz this coming Friday, March the nineteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, nineteenth. Yep, <laughs> I was counting on my hand along with you there. <laughs> March nineteenth, eight p.m. British time on Instagram, FWF Pod. Have a nice time. It's been a while since we've done one. I'm looking forward to it. Even though we've accidentally scheduled it against the football match of your football team, haven't we? I'm sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, never mind. I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. So Pete will be sort of... If you if you want to do a quiz where Pete will be distracted by a football match in the sort of corner of his eye. Spoiler, there will be a Leeds United round. <laughs> can, can you imagine? Do you know what? If there's one thing we know, Pete, about our listeners is they love Leeds United almost as much as they love friends, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So um, I, think, I think we're setting ourselves up for a lovely evening brackets for clarification there will be no Leeds United round I have vetoed that already we'll see we'll see (laughs) so uh, the one with two parts part two is from season one and it's episode 17 and it's directed by Michael Lembeck oh Michael Lembeck's Lembeck's got his name all over this first season you know it's it's him and Boners really carrying the whole thing through (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and of course uh, the information that a number of people have fed back has been very useful to them pete the production code uh, is four five six 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 five b sure yeah good five b five b yes b sorry i was just noting it down yeah yeah yeah. good (laughs) at the hospital rachel who has no health insurance convinces monica to trade identities with her so she can use monica's the women meet two attractive doctors, George Clooney and Noah. Is it Wiley or Wile? I've never. I have no idea who he is. I've no, well, he was I, I feel quite sorry for him. It's just yeah. George Clooney and another, isn't it, really? <sighs> I don't remember this far back, but was he like as big as George Clooney at the time? Do you know what I mean? Were they like the cool two from ER? Well, they've had very different career paths since, haven't they? I'd say so. I'd say a lot of people are not noting this as a double cameo anymore, are they? No. Probably much more of a. A single one. He was the only major cast member of ER to be in the show since its inception. And he left... Is he still in it? 11th... Yeah, he's still in ER now. <laughs> he's just been in it forever and ever. Like he's, Ken Barlow. He's Ken Barlow. Exactly. I was going to say, he's Ken Barlow. <laughs> and if that's not a niche British reference, I do not know what is. So they meet two doctors and arrange a date, requiring them to maintain their switched identities. Meanwhile, Ursula dumps Joey without actually telling him, so Phoebe pretends to be her, so Joey will find out. And Ross doubts his ability to be a father... But after Marcel swallows Scrabble tiles and has a trip to the hospital, Ross takes care of him, giving him confidence to be a good father. Oh, I thought you meant he gave Marcel confidence. Giving Marcel confidence to swallow more Scrabble tiles. And here's a curious fact that's noted on the synopsis of this episode. Yeah. A repeat of Seinfeld originally aired between the two parts of this two-part episode. Why? So when it first aired... Why would you split it up by half an hour? On the same night, yeah. They they paid part one, then an old episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> and then part two. That's odd, isn't it? Well, we've also just encountered in our Joey spin-off that we do on Patreon um, that they stuck a random 
two-parter that doesn't really need to be a two-parter in there as well, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, you're quite right. So, I had to sort of go back. There's a nice little recap at the start of the episode, isn't there, where it catches you up on all the things happened in part one. Yeah. And then also reminds us that we're right in the middle of Marcel country, which is the strangest era of early friends. Absolutely is. But any episode with a bit of Marcel in. I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with, we've got Rachel's ankle, we've got Ross's fatherhood fears, and we've got Joey and the twins. Start with Rachel. Oh, really? I think it's incredible that she didn't die when she fell off that balcony. Like, that must have been a cliffhanger, right? If that, was that the cliffhanger of the, the, the previous episode? <laughs> what, does Rachel die? Does she die? Like, at the time, you know, maybe that's why they put an episode of Seinfeld in the middle. I think if you're dangling off a balcony, hanging only by some sort of electric cabling, yeah, that screams potential death scenario. It's it's astonishing, knowing how how high up they are in that building. And, like, even just the weight of your whole body on your ankle, mm. it's going to be more than basically... I know she's in pain, but she's still hobbling around, isn't she? What does she injure? I think she just sprains her ankle, basically, but... She got away very lightly. Yeah, very lightly. It's, it's, a, it's a curious scenario for her to be in in the first place, isn't it? I remember when first watching this that I found it quite confusing that they're worried about paying for healthcare, which is obviously our... Mm. wonderful position that we're in in the UK. But it's not a very relatable problem for us here, is it? No, it's not. And we don't want to continue harping on about those two differences. But I, I literally have never understood any storyline of anything in America where health insurance came into it. There's the whole Joey and the hernia later on in Friends, isn't there? You know, where the whole yeah. thing revolves around the fact is he doesn't have he doesn't have insurance. And yeah, it's, 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 it's bizarrely unrelatable, actually, isn't it? Because... I mean, for now, touch wood. How lucky we are. Yeah, just wander into a hospital and get it done. But, but my, my, I guess my question further is: Does nobody check this? Like, can you genuinely just go in there and go, "I'm John Smith. Here's my insurance." You know, like no proof of ID. Is nobody checking that? Uh, they seem to be bothered that it's insurance fraud, correct? But there doesn't seem to be any checks or balances. You know, like how. How do they get away with it? Also, it's quite odd to sort of uh, put fraud at the centre of a plot, isn't it? Yeah, 17 episodes into this new sitcom. Let's have a bit of an insurance fraud. What crime we? can they commit? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I mean, this is that is one of those questions where, and honestly, thank you so much, all of you that listen in America that regularly get in touch to explain our idiocy when we don't know about the American references. But can you walk into a hospital and just use someone else's insurance that's my question for you discussing all the big issues on friends with friends this week aren't there fwf ped on instagram oh uh, <laughs> what I, I pronounced everything wrong there yeah what did you just say <laughs> fwf ped on instagram i think i said it's fwf ped on instagram on that's, instagram that's it yeah it's main Just male male model. Male, main male. So many people have messaged me this week saying, "Can you not say? Can you say male main male role model yet?" And clearly, I can't. I've not. I've not been able to get that one right either. Um, we're tired, aren't we, Pete? It's been a year of not leaving the house. Who isn't tired? Who isn't? Um, so obviously, we want this sort of cameo from Clooney and Wiley, right? The big lads, the two, the two main men of the moment. Yeah. But why are there two doctors for a sprained ankle? Uh, that's a very good point, yeah. Why are, they sending yeah. T- why are they sending two in? They seem to be, from everything that these two doctors talk about in the episode, they seem to be a sort of inseparable team, like whether it's just working together as doctors or, according to what they're saying, regularly dating women they meet at the hospital. 
Yeah, I, I think sprained ankle must be very sort of junior member of staff level to deal with. Like that's what's that? Your own work experience? Have a go at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what do they give her in the end? Like, uh, do you even necessarily need X-rays to check a sprained Just ankle? Ibuprofen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just have a little poke at the ankle and go sprained ankle, mate. That's day one of medical school. Off you go. Yeah. Here's some paracetamol, but maybe they cost $100 a pop. Actually, Dave, she'd be given anti-inflammatories, so um, she'd be given something like ibuprofen. Okay. Someone's getting a bit uppity about the details, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Only on a full stomach, though, Pete. Don't have ibuprofen on an empty stomach. Come on. take more than four lots in 24 hours. And crucially, and this is the one I really mean, don't take medical advice from Pete and Dave. (laughs) No matter how much it sounds like we know what we're talking about, we do not. Yeah, that's fair. So please always consult your doctor slash physician. But they arrange a date with these doctors, don't they? Yeah, and like like I say, we we sort of get this impression that the two doctors are constantly dating what they describe as weird women from the hospital. Yes. Just maybe stop picking up injured or ill women at the hospital, eh? But when they... um, When they're... They they come back to to Monica and Rachel's apartment, hmm. and well, is it a date? It is a right. Sort of double well, this date, is, isn't it? This is the cute. I mean, yes. So they've asked. There's always a strange thing, <laughs> and I don't know how often this happens in real life, but getting asked out as a pair by another pair is kind of weird, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Because you've met them both of us. It's not like one's met one and then it's like, oh, you might like to meet my friend. There's an assumption that each of you will fancy just one of them. Yes, exactly. But there's, at no point is it really discussed. Like, if one of them fancied one and the other one wants to come on a double date. But either way, even if we put that to one side, it's a weird first double date to come round to the apartment. It's got, it's got swinger vibes, hasn't it? Come round and drink yeah. wine at our apartment <laughs> yeah. for the first date. He's in a bowl. Yeah, it's it's... I'd have thought maybe at best they'd be like, oh, yeah, let's all meet for a drink. That would be a fun a fun group activity to do. But not yeah. just come round to the apartment that we share and that, uh, then I guess we'll work out the details from there, you know? <laughs> it seems very odd. Meanwhile, in the date, the, uh, the Spanish TV thing's still rumbling on, which I'm glad they reminded me about in the recap because it plays such a small role in this second part, but it's sort of always there, isn't it? Yes, and well, the culmination of the two-parter is that the Spanish bit is the post-credits, isn't it? Yes. Did you uh, have you got the translation of the post-credits bit? I haven't, but isn't it sort of intentionally twee and naff? I've got it. I've got the I've got the translation, so uh, we can. That, that's how we can end. We can act it out at the end of uh, oh, that's this episode. Something to look forward to, isn't it? Though, imagine answering the phone at someone's apartment the first time you visited. Yeah, I mean the whole. <laughs> I know it's the very very much the comedic premise of that situation. To break the tension. To break the tension. But the whole idea that they would have to swap entire personalities is batshit mental. Well, like, they could they, just be themselves yes. with the other name, right? Yeah, no other detail is known by these guests, so you don't need to completely swap lives. No, because uh, worst case scenario, if they somehow are going to check up on you, it's actually going to be weirder that you pretended to be each other, you know? You could get away with it at the end by going, by the way, we just had to swap names for that insurance thing. But, the, re- you know, imagine what if, what if one of them started dating the other for a while, you know? I do love the sort of squabbling that they do between them where they're obviously saying mean things about each other, but saying them in the first person. Like yeah. the, the Monica's bit with 
laughing and saying I'm so spoiled is yes. great. Well, that is one of George's two favourite lines of the entire season. Well, George is right to like that. Monica pretends to be Rachel and while fake laughing just says, oh my God, I'm so spoiled. Yeah, it's re- it is it is very well done. And then the, um, the sort of pièce de résistance, the Rachel's dad calling. And I mean, you'd be mortified if that happened to you, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Imagine being Rachel's. I don't think I'd. Have to, I'd have to be really pissed off with my mate to do something like that to them. You know, to include like an external party like that. It's a sort of friendship ender, I think. Yeah, they really get over it very quickly, don't they? Yeah. But what a, like, imagine being Rachel's dad in that scenario. What a what's a dreadful thing to have to deal with later. And then, so I mean, we we don't see the two doctors together again, then, do we? And certainly not in this dating context. They disappear. We presume they found Monica and Rachel so weird that they've been freaked out by it all. Well, we just see Clooney at the end, don't we? <laughs> yeah, even back then in 1994, the Friends guys were like, "I know we've booked both of them, but one of them has <laughs> definitely got more star quality than the other." Would a regular human doctor know how to remove a scrabble tile from a monkey uh, ho- i mean this is part of the next plot isn't it but no hospital would treat a monkey no they wouldn't uh, the, the the member of staff who asks them to leave because they're carrying a monkey in hospital yeah is completely within their rights <laughs> yeah. get the monkey out of the hospital she is the most sane person in this mad old <laughs> world is, for the yeah. whole thing she she is us you know she is the viewer going this is all absolutely nuts. And then the doctor's just like, yeah, sure, I'll have a look at I'll you, monkey. I'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> and what's he doing in the waiting room? Just wandering yeah. by, like, hoping there's an injury. Oh, I've got, I've got not much to do at the moment, lads. Is there any monkeys that need dissecting? What, what what's you- that, a choking monkey? Yeah. I'll, I'll take a quick look at that, yeah. <laughs> um, but after, so let's go back to the Monica and Rachel thing, shall we? So after the, the date, we presume the doctors have left and been and been weirded out by the whole thing. And then the hospital calls and says there's a problem with the forms. They have to come down and sign one, basically. Why do they give up at this? Uh, this that, they've done all the hard work at this stage. Why, yes. why at this point do they decide to come clean? They seem to get freaked out by it, even though... They the get prob- freaked out by how stressed they are, don't they? Yeah, but at that point, I just feel like, sign that form and just never do it again, you know? Dave Cribb condones fraud. Oh, yeah, that's no, what that just is, happened. That is what happened, doesn't it? Yeah. Fictional fraud. Dave Cribb <laughs> fictional condones fraud. fictional fraud. Not okay, real fine. life fraud. Luckily, Pete, we don't have an insurance fraud worry over here, do we? No, I, we don't. I, I wouldn't know in what scenario I could actually commit insurance fraud. If you have an idea how Dave could potentially <laughs> commit insurance fraud... I guess I could be like this. driving someone else's car and then yeah. need, you know, need to do that thing where... Yeah. You pretend you're the driver. But yeah. that's too much faff, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't be driving in an insured car no. in the first place, Pete. I'm a nice law-abiding citizen. Well, rightly so. Thanks very much. I'm glad we cleared that up. They walk into the hospital and they say, remember us? And surprisingly, the receptionist that sees hundreds of patients a day does remember them. But yeah. it's a very, very much a, uh, guys, you're not special. Of course she doesn't remember you. You're two of <laughs> like hundreds and hundreds of ill and injured people she deals with every day. Um, and then Rachel gets a checkbook out and pays for the bloody thing all along. Like, if you had the money in the first place, why are you faffing around? Exactly. Crack on. The only thing I would say about this plotline relates to something I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. The very first thing the receptionist at the hospital says is, you still have your Christmas lights up, which I felt very seen by. Yes, because you, you did, didn't you? There's a man that's only taken his Christmas tree down about a couple of weeks ago in early March. 
Yeah. Never mind, hey? Onwards and upwards. At least I didn't break my ankle. That's true. Joey and Ursula and Phoebe? Yes. Let's do that bit. It's quite a short bit, this actually. Ursula, considering this is like one of the big storylines of the two-parter, is barely in this at all, isn't she? Oh, she's just in one scene in the restaurant, isn't she? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in this thing, she's she's got absolutely no screen time. Um, not even just with Joey. I can see why they'd limit the Phoebe and Ursula scenes, but actually the only scene she is in is is one with Phoebe. I, I do think it's it's very clever how they do the Phoebe-Ursula scenes because there's one point where Phoebe hands Ursula a bag mm. and you see it pass from Lisa Kudrow's hand into Lisa Kudrow's hand. Yeah. It's really weird. It is weird, isn't it? It is. How do, the, the magic of film. The magic of cinema, Peter. <laughs> How we marvel at it. But I know that like, obviously sometimes they do back of the head. The back of the head shots are the funniest things because as soon as you like... It, there's no world in which anyone's watching that and believing it because in no other scene in that show do they ever shoot from the back of the head. Sure. But that's why when they're facing each other and you can see both of them mm. and they hand f- from one person to another yeah. that's why i was like oh that's quite clever no the handoff is impressive you're right because you, you can your brain can work out how they've done the two of them talking to each other but yeah. the the handover is yeah oh some slick slick maneuvering there isn't it by well done, guys I'm by impressed. the kudros by your 1994 special effects <laughs> <laughs> so joey's smitten with ursula um he's gonna take her out for a birthday um, Dick moved by Joey not to be at Phoebe's party. Yeah, and, and not even to know Phoebe's birthday. I know there's a whole joke about him not realising they have the same birthday because twins, but... Yeah. Um, well, right. Here's the thing about this entire plot line, and it kind of centres on, and, and it relies on working out how good friends Phoebe and Joey are, right? At this sure. point. Like, later on, fine. They've known each other for years. Like, they haven't known each other very long at this point. So is it a big dick move that he's not at Phoebe's birthday? Maybe, is the answer. Uh, I don't okay, know. fair point. But do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't even know her birthday. And moreover, not the birthday thing. So, like, my one of my best mates is an identical twin. And I reckon I've known two or three other, other sets. Any identical twin that you know more than in passing, you know, that you have an actual friendship with, mm-hmm. you can tell them apart. Yes. Right? The, like, easily. Straight away, they walk into a room, you can tell them apart. I can't do that with certain twins I've met that I only sort of have met once or twice through work. Do you know what I mean? Or that they're friends of friends? Sure. And I'm yeah, like, oh, I, know I don't you know mean. which one it is. But any identical twins that I actually have ever known, it's like you're seeing two different people. So how, this is my theory, that Joey and Phoebe can't really be that good friends yet because he doesn't even recognise when she comes in to break up with him. And kisses him. And kisses yeah. him until afterwards. And it's only after sort of a moment of confusion that he goes, is that maybe my friend Phoebe? But he's had this whole conversation with his friend, thinking that she's her sister. Yeah, that's true. So to circle back, maybe they're not that good friends yet, and maybe actually it's all right that he blows off Phoebe's birthday, but I don't know. Betty's there, though, isn't she? Betty's there. Yeah, I know. And Betty, it's nice that Betty got a shout out though, because hey, it's Betty. The, the rest, the rest of the gang though, <laughs> Phoebe walked in and went, "Oh, it's everyone I love." Named four people and ignored the rest. Yeah, <laughs> all just sitting there going, "All right, you, you, Joey's not here. He's an absolute shitbag." Like we're here, Betty and the gang are here. What about all the rest of them, Mark and Johnny and she Sandra? She does seem and, oh, very excited about Betty. Can we draw attention to the fact that when? Um, 
Phoebe pretends to be Ursula and goes in to break up with Joey. Yeah. Uh, Joey is sat at a table picking petals off a flower, <laughs> doing the whole she loves me, she loves me not thing. Yeah. Like he's some sort of Dickensian little girl. <laughs> a school child in the playground, yeah. Yeah. Making daisy chains. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a strange uh, look on Joey this, that early in the series, and also considering how we know Joey goes on to be. Like, he doesn't, that's not really in keeping with his personality to be not that at smitten, all, no. at this, at this, especially at this stage. Joey does pass the sneaky little friendship test that Phoebe drops in, though. The whole, would you break up with me if I told you couldn't be friends with Phoebe? Which, again, for me, doesn't quite stack up with what we know about the situation. Because, like, Joey is head over heels for Ursula, right? He's, like you say, he's doing the school child in a playground picking off the flower petal. You know, he's properly really into her and, as per my hypothesis, doesn't really know Phoebe well enough to even recognise her apart from her identical twin. Yeah, So, sure. I mean, it's, it's useful for the sitcom that he passed the friendship test, but is that the decision he'd make? Wouldn't he at least be like, can we just talk about this or can I talk to Phoebe and see, you know? He's sort of like, okay, yeah, fair, that, make, that does make sense. He doesn't even question that it's a quite an insane thing for Ursula to say. Like, why? Why Why can't I be friends with your sister and date you? What's, what's the problem there? Yes, that's true. Well, I, but yeah. Uh, you know, they don't get on, question, but it? it's no. not like it's one of them's murdered someone, you know? It's, it's not like there's a, a big real problem why that would be an issue. But yeah, he does pass it, and that's nice, and I guess that sets up the nice Joey-Phoebe friendship that we see blossom over the next 10 years, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then can we finally just talk about the cardigan? I have never, not once in my 35 years, felt confident enough to buy a woman an item of clothing. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> okay. it's such a specific thing, right? I struggle to buy clothes for anyone. Right, correct, correct. Because clothes is such a personal thing. Exactly, exactly. And not only does he do it after dating her twice or once, I would say... He's not done well. <laughs> no, it's, no. It's not like a... It's such a weird thing to buy. It's not like a sexy dress or a classy... You know, it's not like something that you might be like, oh, this is a, an exciting present from a guy I've just dated a couple of times. You know, like a fancy dress or something. It's like quite a frumpy cardigan. It, it doesn't... Who ends up with it? No one well, has Phoebe, it in the end, do they? Phoebe's wearing it when she's pretending to be Ursula. Yes, that's true. So her Ursula gives re-gifts it to Phoebe. Which shows that Joey hasn't done too well, to be fair. It's from Bloomingdale's, though. That's what That's the box true. says. Bit pricey. Bit pricey. But, um, but yeah, she re-gifts it to Phoebe, who then wears it as, a, I guess, her feet, her, her Ursula disguise. Sure. Um, which, if you were Joey, you'd be like, oh, you put the jumper on to come and break up with me, would you? <laughs> bit, of a, <laughs> bit of a dick move. Um, but, yeah, I just, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't smitten with the card again, if I'm honest, Pete. No, that's fair. And on that note, hopefully there'll be some sort of advert for Bloomingdale's cardigan that we can listen to <laughs> before we talk about Ross and his monkey. Hold up. 
Hello, I'm Tom, and I make a podcast where I log in to celebrities' Amazon accounts. It's called... What a brilliant idea for a pod. There's no original pods out there anymore, but this genuinely is. Oh, thanks, Ben Bailey-Smith. Anyway, it's called... This is good, isn't it? It's clever, this podcast. You should do more. Thanks, Kerry Godleyman. It's called... This is such a great idea, by the way. What a great podcast. Shepi Corsander, you're too kind. The podcast is but called... It's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you, Nick Helm. It's called My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Thanks, Alex Horn. Can you tell your friends? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So, Ross and his monkey. Ross and his monkey. Ross, who is described as one of the most caring, responsible men in North America at one point in this episode. Yeah, do you know, and do you know what? So this is Chandler trying to comfort him, right? Yes, and feels like he's slightly overcooking it. It does feel like he's slightly overcooking it. But what I would say is, he's kind of right in that Ross is, at this point, supposed to be, what, 25? Yeah. 26? And he's a plausible 40-year-old. Like, he's <laughs> old and... You know, I don't want to say dull and boring because Pete, I'm now nudging towards that landmark myself and Fine. becoming quite secure with my old and dull and boring ways. You know, I'm, I'm more into homeware now than I am into anything else. How's your lemon squeezer? It's good. The only problem with it is it's hand wash only. Why do you have a dishwasher? Yeah, I've got a dishwasher, mate. Yeah, oh, well. everything goes in my dishwasher. I've got two. I think I've got one set of glasses and one lemon squeezer that is hand wash only, and those are the only things that are the bane of my life. Everything else in the dishwasher. Mate. How often are you squeezing lemons? Well, in lockdown, fairly regularly because, I mean, not to make too bleak a picture of my life, but I, the the one human I have to my house every week, my bubble friend Gareth, we, yeah. we we've sort of we've had to spice up our lockdown evenings, mate, because it's been over three months now of just sitting talking to each other and watching Married at First Sight Australia. So we've been making a lot of cocktails recently. That sounds like quite a nice evening. So quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of lemons. Because you know what? I'll tell you what, and this is a thing, actually. This is, this is an indication of how I've got so dull and boring. But it takes a lot of lemons to make enough lemon juice for a cocktail. Does it? Yeah, like if you're making like a sour or something, bloody... No, you're like squeezing like five lemons to get enough lemon juice for a couple of cocktails. That's a lot so of lemons. I've overused... Yeah, well, to the point, Pete, where I've actually just <laughs> ordered. I'm quite excited about this coming for the weekend. 
like fresh lemon juice in a pouch like they have in bars. Right. So I don't nice. have to squeeze all the lemons. Nice. So I'll report back on that next week. Stand by, everyone. Something to look forward to there. Something to look forward to. Um, where were we? Uh, Ross. Lemons. <laughs> no, why did we get to lemons? Because Ross is boring. Oh, Ross is getting old and boring. Yeah, but yeah, so when Chandler said that thing about, you know, you're the one of the most, what do you say, caring and most responsible people in North America. I mean, yeah, he is over-egging it, but I do feel like that's quite a nice way of him saying you're sort of not very young and fun like the rest of us. By the way, you know, there's the scene where he goes for dinner with his dad. A very young-looking dad. A very young-looking dad with quite long hair. Yeah. Um, were sun-dried tomatoes only invented in the mid-90s? <laughs> Why? Because uh, uh, Jack's, like, he has his mind blown by sun-dried tomatoes. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Were they a new thing at this point? A sort of new culinary fad. Yeah. Let's find out, mate. There's only one way to find out these things, aren't they? When did someone first sun-dry a tomato? Um, the true origin of sun-dried tomatoes is unclear. Oh. Italians originally dried the tomatoes on ceramic rooftops in the summer sun. Sun-dried tomatoes surged in popularity in the United States in the late 80s to early 90s. There you go. They are new. They were often found in antipasto, tapas, pasta dishes and salads becoming a trend before, Pete, losing popularity through overuse <laughs> by the end of the 1990s. Sun-dried tomatoes got so fatigued. 1994 is the peak of the sun-dried tomatoes crest. Well, there you go. Peak of the crest? Crest of the wave. Peak of the wave. Peak. It's, it's not the peak of the crest. because that. Don't say those... peak of the wave. Those, those words have lost all meaning this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, in America managed to flatten the curve of popularities of sun-dried tomatoes. So yeah. it can be done. So, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. Well, there you go. Those little scenes are the ones that really date friends, aren't they? <laughs> like, yes. The rest of the stuff is fairly relatable. What food item do you think could be referenced now as if it was a new thing? Oh, a new thing? Um, it'd be something like pokey. What's pokey? Oh, exactly, mate. Hasn't made it to Leeds yet, clearly. What is it? Pokey is like, I think they describe it as deconstructed sushi. So, oh, that sounds like bollocks. Imagine all the things from sushi, but in a bowl. So you've got a bowl of rice with like... Just a bowl of fish. Your salmon, and then you'd have your edamame, and you'd have your avocado, and you'll have all your bits, yeah. It's wonderful. Right. It's delicious. Pokey. There you go. That'd be it. That'd be it, though, you know? It's that sort yeah. of nonsense wanky london thing that they'll make it to you soon mate don't worry <laughs> maybe we should open a pokey shop in leeds yeah maybe I'd, I'd happily do that come up we'll just do the podcast from the from leeds every week in our pokey store S- <laughs> start a new life of pokey in leeds pokey with friends yeah done sold by the way i do really love the bit where this isn't connected to ross's plot but i love them accidentally surprising ross at the surprise party and him dropping the cake that <laughs> yeah. bit's great yeah and the whole thing where they ruin the, the phoebe surprise poor old phoebe on her surprise party she just wanders into and looks yeah. at the, the besmirched cake yeah well so yeah so we do have jack geller looking very it's a nice scene the, the jack geller and ross scene isn't it it's like it's early day, quite early days in a new sitcom to have these little nice little touching scene where Jack Geller's basically not getting a laugh for about a minute, but he's just talking about how he knew when he loved his son. 
Yes. I think it's quite indicative of sort of friends like merging those funny storylines with just the nice sort of heartwarming warmth. Some stuff. sentiment, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, Jack Keller's got very mad scientist vibes in this episode for me. It's the hair, isn't it? It's the it? hair. It's really, yeah, it's really on, isn't it? So Ross is worried about being a father. That's the, that's the, the basic gist of this plot line, isn't it? Ultimately, he realised he is going to be a good dad because a monkey grabs his finger. <laughs> See, this is the thing. New York Minute plays, yeah. and they all look lovingly at Ross and Marcel as if it's really profound. Yeah. When actually it's just a monkey holding his finger. Yeah, it's just a monkey. Yeah, exactly But that. when we put on Instagram that this is the episode that we were doing, um, JPV commented saying, I still get goosebumps when Marcel grabs Ross's finger. So it does have an effect on people. I'm just trying to sort of put it into a situation that I would, you know, if my dog woke up and grabbed... I'd be weird if he grabbed my finger, to be fair. But he's, he's always like... He's a dog, you know? He's always yeah. snuffling around. I would imagine Marcel always grabs Ross, you know? Yeah. But there you go. It is nice. They, they make what is ultimately a, a slightly strange scenario. Even stranger by playing New York Minute? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but in a, in a nice sort of sentimental resolution. Yeah. Um, George's other favourite line of the whole uh, thing, which I would absolutely agree with. Uh, is when Chandler says we think he was trying to spell out monkey. Yeah, that is very good. Very good. Big old lie. That was one of those ones where on watching it back, about five seconds before he said it, I was like, oh, it's coming. I remember yeah. this one. And I got, you know, almost like, I was like, oh, a bit giddy with anticipation. And then it made me laugh still. Well done. Early friends. Good work, everyone. Good. Um, and then we get to the end credits. Which is uh, Spanish friends. Spanish friends. Okay, should we, read, should we should we act it out? Here you go. That's Ross, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And Monica says, who ordered General Sal's chicken? Chandler says, it could have been General Sal. Rachel says, look, look, ugly naked guys doing the hula hoop. And then they all say, hi, hi Joey. Joey. Hi, friends. And then Monica says, look, Ross, Marcel took the remote control and here's the punchline of the whole episode, guys. The funny thing is, he doesn't even like TV. I don't, know um, I, I don't know why I sang that when we've literally got it here. But it's not the end of the episode as well. Don't get ahead of yourselves. No. Um, and that's it done. Another classic sort of, that's one of those scenes that you would never have seen in Later Friends. No. <laughs> sort of slightly mad off the wall production decision to just have a Spanish scene at the end because it's of It's like this. that mad one where they show Phoebe in the past in a previous life getting her <laughs> arm blown off. That's mad, isn't it? That is nuts, and actually quite a lot later. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very strange one, isn't it? Uh, Shall we have a quiz? Yes, Amy's very kindly uh, done us a quiz, the Fwoof Quizard. The Fwoof Quizard is coming to town. Question one, what is the headline of the newspaper Heckles is reading? Oh, no idea. When's Mr. Heckles in it? He's in it when uh, Rachel's dangling in his window. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh my dad! Like, part of me was like, has she written the right episode, for, the right quiz for the episode? <laughs> I did not clock his headline. No, I didn't. I'm afraid. It says gridlock. Oh, that's a no from us, isn't it? Isn't that just every day in New York? It's implausible that it would have been a uh, headline news, isn't it? Mm. Question two: A pinch of what makes all the difference, according to the conversation the cute doctors are having when they first enter? Nutmeg. I think it's saffron. 
Oh, it is saffron. You're right. Is it's it? saffron. Yeah. Yeah, saffron. Um, you're very confident with nutmeg there, though. <laughs> I've never heard you shout something so quickly. <laughs> um, what are the surnames of the cute doctors? Oh, God. Oh. He's called Michael, isn't Clooney. he? Clooney. <laughs> Clooney and Wiley. They are, Pete. Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Rosen. What's the name of the Ursula where restaurant works? What? Oh, my days. Oh, my brain just really went wrong there, didn't it? <laughs> what is, I mean, you understand what question I was asking, Are we right? okay? I don't think we are okay. What's the name of the restaurant where Ursula works? Does it begin with R? Yes, I know this one. It's Riffs, isn't it? There you go. Riffs is the correct answer. I think that's the restaurant in Mad About You. Where Ursula works. Where Ursula works in the other in the show that... Yeah, there we go. A flaky waitress at the restaurant riffs. So it's, it's a strange bit of um, overlap, that, isn't it? Now that yeah, we know it about it. Very odd. Um, but, yeah, they, 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 they did it, didn't they? Because Lisa Kudrow just got this role on Friends, but she was already in Mad About You, so they sort of tied it in and made them... It's not a spin-off so much. It's just a weird bit of continuity that, An to be Easter honest... Egg. Well, I just... feels like they're underestimating their audience aren't they <laughs> going but what if they see the same actor in two different shows um and so we, we better write an entire fictional backstory and that makes it make sense like people wouldn't just go oh no we've guys we've seen this before where people play different characters in different television shows this has happened and question five what store name is shown on the gift box containing ursula's birthday sweater Bloomingdale's. Already answered that one, haven't we? But about Bloomingdale's. Three out of five. Not, not, not. Mm, fine. That'll do. That'll do. Happy with it. Do you want to know what next week's episode is? I do. So I can watch it. It's a really good one. Is it? It's the one where the stripper cries. The one where the stripper cries. Danny, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Uh, who's requested that? I think it's Verity. Okay. It's it's sort of Verity, but spelt unusually. But I think it says Verity. Like a sort of Instagram username that you think is yeah. spelling out Verity. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. Well, if it's not Verity, you've got a week to let us know before we uh, continue to misname you. Exactly. Um, all right, next week. There we go. And we'll see you on Friday for the quiz, if you fancy it. 8pm British time, Friday the 19th of March. FWF pod on Instagram. FWF pod on Instagram. I'm very excited. Uh, maybe, Pete, I'll make a cocktail and show you my lemon squeezer. Get your lemons out. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.